This is Jackson Wolf, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm podcast. Welcome to Friars on the Farm podcast. I'm Donovan, and with me is Roy. How you doing, Donovan? How was Christmas? Christmas was great. And with us, we have Jackson Wolf. Jackson Wolf was drafted in the fourth round in 2021 out of West Virginia University. After a quick stop in Lake Elsinore in 2021, in 2022, the six-foot Southpaw established himself in high A Fort Wayne with 142 strikeouts and 119 innings and 22 starts, finishing the year in double A. The Ohio native relies on movement and deception with a low three-quarter delivery to keep batters off balance. And he joins us here on the podcast. Welcome, Jackson. Hey, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Dude, I, I it took a couple of times for me to get that going. So you were talking before the uh, before you're in California right now. Yeah, yeah. You're from Ohio. Yeah, it's cold in Ohio, and that's about there's a beach here. You know, that's about all there is to it for me. So you know, it was a no brainer. It's very cold back in Ohio. So Christmas, were you back in Ohio visiting family? Christmas was an absolute nightmare this year. So my family, actually, my parents just moved um, from Ohio to Florida. They just bought a house like like three weeks ago. And, um, you know, they just moved in and we got um, we got flights to uh, I got a flight from here in California to Florida to see the new house. And then we were all going to go together to Ohio to see like relatives and everybody. And um, as you probably know, the airlines were a was it was a disaster over over the holidays so um we you know we had a flight get canceled before it got rescheduled for after christmas so i was kind of like you know if there's no christmas i'm just going to reroute back to california and then my parents tried their best to get home you know they finally hopped on a flight and then once they got to their connecting destination that flight got canceled home so they oh, no yeah they had to get a rental car and they're honestly they're, they might have just made it but they're currently driving from houston to Sarasota, Florida. And so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a wreck, but you know, it's what it is. Yeah. It, it's, uh, and thank God everyone's safe. And, you know, we have never been, uh, there hasn't been too many crashes or, you know, there's been a lot of deaths up in uh, Buffalo, but you know, no plane crashes and your family is safe and we're here safe in California. My question is what came, how did you get to San Clemente where you are from Ohio? Like where did that come into? Honestly, I, I fell in love with California. Um, I played on the Santa Barbara Foresters um, in 2019, or no, 2018, I believe that was. And uh, I spent like two months out there during the summer, and I absolutely loved it. I, you know, I, I knew as soon as I left that I wanted to go back to California. And then, you know, 2021 comes around and, you know, the Padres take me. And I was, you know, I was ecstatic that I got to, you know, I got to be drawn back to California. And so, you know, once I knew I was going to have some time during the off season to, to do me, um, I would rather, you know, go throw in the warmth and go spend some time on the <laughs> throw in the snow and, you know, stay inside. Nice. Are you out here with a college classmate or who, I, you probably don't want to disclose who you're rooming with. <laughs> no, it's cool. Me, uh, it's, um, it's actually a teammate that I played with the following year in the Cape Cod league. Um, we kind of befriended each other, um, up there in in that league and we we both you know kind of agreed that once we got into pro ball we'd, we'd go do uh do off season together and so last year we did huntington beach um love that you know we that's where we picked up you know the surfing and then we uh now we're here in san clemente and and still doing the same thing 
Was, was that with the Kotuit Keteliers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that team. That's an amazing name. It was no, I, that was a blast. Honestly, both summers, both summers I had playing playing away were, were lots of fun. All right, so you grew up in Ohio. Did you grow up playing any other sports? I don't know if baseball is the main event out there. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I, when I was really young, I played everything I possibly could. Um, and then once I got to high school, I kind of knew baseball was what I wanted to do. Um, and so I, 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 I played golf my freshman year of high school. And then um, I, I'm, I re- I'm really kicking myself for not playing basketball. I, re- I wish I would have. Uh, I wish I'd played more sports through high school, but um, you know, hindsight 2020. Um, but, uh, but no, once, once freshman year kind of came around, um, I, uh, I focused on baseball and, and then, um, things kicked off from there. Have you, have you played any basketball with AJ Preller yet? That it's on my bucket list. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I hear you got to get up at like four o'clock in the morning yeah, for those spring it's... training pickup games. Hey, that's fine by me. I'm an early riser when I need to be. So your dad played college ball at Columbus state. Uh, was he involved in like youth baseball growing up or was he more of a hands-off kind of a guy? No, absolutely. He was, um, he was a huge part of, of youth baseball. Um, not only with myself and my brother, but, um, pretty much everybody in our, in our hometown of Gahanna, he was, um, a big name in just like, um, youth baseball and really helped out with like all the fields and commission and, um, or, uh, or the, the commissioner, not the commission, but, um, but um, yeah, he um, he's a big part of, of my baseball knowledge and experience, and he um, he coached me up until um, kind of college recruiting came about, and I I was playing for a team that um, it was kind of a rule that no dads could be a coach since it was all you know didn't want to you know college recruiting is kind of a, a sticky sticky thing when it comes to people's sons. So, um, but um, but up until then, he was he was very active and. Um, in my uh in my in my baseball career for sure so gahana is like right in the middle of of ohio it's is it like suburb of of columbus kind of yeah um so you're sort of equidistant from cleveland cincinnati at pittsburgh did you grow up following any team in particular yeah i was a, i was a reds fan i i grew up watching ken griffey and um that nice. was that was definitely my favorite player growing up and then when aroldis signed out of cuba that was right when i was like being, I was a very impressionable young baseball player at that point, right when uh, Oroldis got picked up. And so being a left-hander, I, you know, he quickly became a favorite of mine. Um, but yeah, I, I love the Reds. You never figured out how to throw 105 though, huh? It's, it, we're, it's a work in progress. Baby steps. God, and then growing up, you know, going up watching Joey Votto, who... Absolutely. Just, I mean, other than a baseball player, like what you see on social media, the way he interacts with other players, with with uh, with the crowd, with fans, it's just he's really kind of engaged, or really kind of adopted the role of like elder statesman in, in baseball. Absolutely, and I that's I think what he's doing is absolutely beautiful. He's 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 literally just having fun, he, you know, and that for me is kind of what it's all about. That's he's a definitely a big role model. And and one that I, I would like to uh, kind of follow in his footsteps and just be, um, you know, when when you're when you have that much status, you're very impressionable on on a lot of kids and a lot of you know not only kids but you know a lot of people in general. And uh, when you when you kind of don't try but you just have fun with it, you know, everybody kind of you know seems to form that same kind of like 
you know, Alliance. And it's, um, I, I love that. I like that he, you know, has fun with the game. Yeah, I saw that he like he knew his season was over. He was injured, whatever. And he went and was sitting in the stands with the fans, right. just hanging out like a fan. Awesome. That's amazing. Awesome. With so a did you go jersey too. What jersey was he wearing? He's wearing a Barry Larkin jersey. Nice. Yeah. So Columbus Clippers are right there in town. Did you go to a lot of minor league games when you were a kid? Yeah, and I, so I, they had the old stadium where Jeter played when they used to be the affiliate of the Yankees. Um, and then they, they tore that stadium down and they built um, Huntington, um, Huntington Park. That's where the Clippers play now. And um, that's where, like, they had the state tournament. Um, and so, I actually, I got to play there twice on that field. But that, that's a beautiful ballpark. It's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, I, you go around all the different minor league, you know, ballparks now being a part of pro baseball. And, you, you know, you see – you really appreciate the nice ones. I didn't really realize how good Columbus, you know, the, the Clipper stadium was until, until being there. And that was, yeah, it's beautiful. So on that note, what'd you think of Parkview field now that you've got to spend a, a year, a little over a year there? I was, I was about to add it into that same sentence and say, they're very comparable. Um, very, very beautiful stadium. And um, I think that is a, you know, a high a comparison to, you know, the Columbus triple a it's um yeah. It's uh, I I loved it, and they manage it very well there. Um, uh, Mr. Nutter, great owner, um, he was you know very active and kind of just you know uh, well being of the players, and um, he was always very nice to me whenever I saw him. And um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a great experience being there. I think he just won Executive of the Year from Minor League yeah. Baseball. Yeah, yeah, well well deserved for sure. Mm-hmm. He's very active. Him, John Nolan. Um... Yeah, swirly. Kind of just saw a picture of him and his wife and his uh, his baby today. That's my guy. Yeah, the, some yeah. I was I was definitely blessed to be surrounded by some good people. All right. So growing up, so you're six foot seven now. Were you one of the tallest kids in your class growing up, or were you like a like a late bloomer? How'd that affect your like your development as a as a player? Yeah, I was I was always like kind of like in the taller third, but I was never like I'm I'm I stand out that's how tall I am now. I, you know, I walk in a room and, you know, everybody turns their head and um, I, I didn't always, I, I wasn't always like that. I kind of hit two spurts once I got to freshman year of high school. Um, I, I went into high school at like right around, you know, five ten to six foot. And um, within a year I got to like six, three. And then the next year I was six, six. And then it was like, I was like, a, okay. But yeah, um, when we talked to Mackenzie Gore, he was talking about how he was always one of the, he, he wasn't tall growing up. Like, right. and, and so he had to learn how to use his body to, to generate speed. And then as his body grew, you know, it's like it, it finally came through with him. Um, I imagine yeah. that might be kind of what you experienced in high school as you grow so fast, it's got to be tough adjusting to, you know, the, the long limbs that all of a sudden weren't, weren't there a year ago. Absolutely. And that's why I, you know, I have those regrets about not playing more sports is because, I, you know, being in pro baseball now, it makes you really realize it makes you value just like the positions that your body has to get in to be able to like maximize, you know, a pitch or, or just get everything you can out of a pitch or, you know, and so being athletic is the number one piece in that. And so I think, um, you know, when someone grows really quickly, it's hard to kind of catch up with that. You know, it's, it's, you kind of look like a newborn baby deer for a little bit until you start, you know, really figuring it out. And so that's why I've been really hitting like speed work, um, um, like in the gym, like explosive, explosive movements, um, 
that's been a real big focus over like the past couple of years. And so trying to just be able to train my body to move the way that, you know, a professional pitcher should. And so that's kind of like a, a big thing that I've learned, you know, since getting into pro ball. So the new mechanics so must have changed over time. Yeah. Through high school and sure. college. For sure. And honestly, um, even just over the course of like a year or two, really. And, um, and even three years, you look back and I was like really cross-firing. I was really stepping towards the first base side and, and unintentionally, I don't even do that anymore. It's very, very head on, very straight. And my mechanics have definitely cleaned up. Um, everything just looks a little bit more natural and not like a newborn baby deer. Um, but um, it's still it's still a work in progress, and I'm, I still got you know ways to go. Um, but I'm I'm very proud of like of, of the improvements I've made and just how far I've come to just be able to understand my body and understand what it, you know what I need to to be successful. So the low three quarter, it's almost a sidearm. Um, it kind of looks like Randy Johnson in a, in a freeze frame to me. Uh, have you always thrown from that kind of an angle? Yeah, and that that's one thing that's stuck over the years is I've I've always been like a low three quarter arm slot, and it's it's crazy when I look at pictures of myself. I'm like, oh my, I'm that low. Like it, it, I feel like I'm, you know, kind of over the top. And especially when I try to, you know, if I try to like you know, catch play, like you know, throw over the top, it feels like I'm, you know, like an iron mic coming straight over the top. And I'm definitely like right here, but but um, yeah, I've I've always been I've always been pretty low. All right, well, let's, let's move on to college. How'd you wind yeah. up in West Virginia? Were you recruited? Did you think about going to other schools? Did you were you did you think there was a chance you might get drafted out of high school? Yeah, so in that department, I was I, I was probably considered a late bloomer. I, I was throwing probably like eighty three, eighty five, my sophomore year of high school, and that's kind of like when you know the first wave and a lot of these guys are committing, and a lot of guys my class are going to like the, these you know these D one schools and. Um, I definitely had um, a lot of interest from um, like Cincinnati, Ohio State, a lot of schools in, or, you know, in the area. Um, Ohio State was my dream school. I, I, I would have loved to go to Ohio State. Um, but they, um, you know, it's one of those things where every time, you know, I talk to them, they're like, yeah, we like you. We like you. We, you know, we want to see you one more time. And, you know, they, they, um, they didn't, um, you know, they never committed and they never really right. showed me fully that I would I would be really wanted and um so it kind of got to a point where it's like all right you know instead of sitting back and trying to you know have these coaches come to me like let's you know write down some schools and where you know where would be cool to play and I made a list of like three or four schools and West Virginia was on them and um you know I, I found a camp that was like that month and I went to the camp and they wanted to offer me after that camp that same day um yeah, I was like, th- like that is feeling wanted. That's you right. know that I immediately stood out to me. You know, I loved the campus. I loved the vibe. You know, of everything that was that it was that was in the area. Coaches, everything was 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 good. And so, um, you know, for me, it was it was a no brainer. You know, I, that was at the time my only offer and the only place that was really telling me like, hey, we we really mm-hmm. want you. When everywhere else was like, like yeah, like you know, we want to see you again. But you know, that was really thing for me and feeling feeling wanted so that's you know that's why i ended up there well you're gonna you want to feel like there's an opportunity where you're gonna go you don't want right. to be the guy yeah. that rides the pine and winds up getting you know used up as the last arm in the bullpen um so you wound up you were a reliever your first year and then you slid into a starter's role after that yeah yeah my um my sophomore year is my first time starting that's when i had alec manoa 
as um, as our Friday night guy. Um, I was our Saturday night guy, and then we had Cade Stroud, who's in the uh, Orioles organization, as our Sunday guy. And that Ooh, that was good a, luck with that. Yeah, that was a <laughs> loaded loaded squad. We had just as many draft guys on the uh, on the offensive side. That was a fun year. Okay, so you Don't mentioned I- Alec Manoa. West Virginia's got a lot of uh, former. Uh, a lot of alumni that went on to play in the major leagues, Steve Klein, David Carpenter, uh, former Padre legend, Jed Jerko. Did you have a chance to interact with any alumni while you were there that uh, made it to the majors? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously playing with Manoa and then um, John Means came back a couple times and, and talked to us. And he's been a really big name, especially being a left-handed pitcher um, over the past two years, really unfortunate. Um, he's, I think he's had some, some troubles with injuries, but um um, yeah, he came back and, and, uh, and talked with us and got us all together. And then, um, um, I've talked to Jed Jerko once or twice. He, he's, he coached the, um, the draft league team that was in West Virginia. And so we kind of crossed paths there. Um, but other than that, not too, not too many guys. We've well, had a chance a to play with the, yeah, but see, You've had a chance to play with a with a couple of well, not play, but you uh, you're on the same organization as a couple of guys that went to Fordham, uh, Reese Kinnear and Nick Martinez. West Virginia hosted the regional in 2019. And you guys beat Fordham. Um, did you get? Have you had a chance to needle them a little bit about that? <laughs> See, that's that's news to me. I didn't know that they went there, so uh, I'll I'll have to uh, off the poke them if I if I uh, if I cross paths with them. But what was postseason college baseball like? It, it was very fun. Um, I, you know, especially, you know, an overlooked part of that, what, what a lot of people don't see except for, you know, the guys is that school is out by then. So majority of the season, you know, you, you're, you know, you got a quiz on Friday night and let's make it home so we can, so we can get this quiz in real quick. And, but um, baseball is the only thing on your mind when it comes to postseason college baseball. So, so I think that's why it's very exciting. It's, um, especially playing the regional and, and um, the big 12 tournament was, was a blast too. I, I, I had a great time in Oklahoma city. It's a, it's a very cool city. So I thought you had, had a lot of scouts scouting you. Uh, what other teams were kind of looking at you and did you get a feel that you were going to get drafted in the first day or second day? Yeah, it, man, the draft was, it was a ride um, because you never, you never really know, you know, you, you have, you have people telling you, you know, one thing and you have, you know, Obviously, you know, rankings aren't, you know, rankings are rankings. It's not like you, right. I go on there and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm kind of behind this guy. But, um, you, you know, you see where, you know, where, you know, the general public kind of has you. And, um, yeah, so, there, you know, there were a number of teams that I knew were interested more than others, Padres being one of them. Um, but um, it, I, I really had no clue once um, – you know, once my agent gave me the text that, that um, they'd made the offer for the pick, um, I I was like, let's, you know, let's go. Let's, let's go. Let's so did you guys, did you have family over on draft day? Were you out doing, were you out golfing? Were you doing anything or did you have, you know, did you, knew you were drafted? Did you have family over? Yeah, I, I, uh, I actually, I went golfing that morning and then, um, and then I had family over. Yeah, it was, it was a good day. Did you have spread? Uh, which, which kind of spread do you guys have? Oh yeah, my mom makes the best stromboli. She um, oh, she did a good little. <laughs> that, was, that was money. Is your mom Italian? No, she. We actually don't have any Italian in in the family. My mom's side's more American Indian than anything. Believe it or not. Oh wow! Hence the wolf. Yeah, well, that's father's yeah. name. But where um, so so you get so they give you the call. You get drafted. Do you hug your dad? Do you hug your mom? 
did you freak out? Did you call the girlfriend? Yeah, it was um, all, all the above. It was um, it was cool. It was actually funny because um, uh, we had it on in the family room and the living room. And so there were two separate TVs and the feed cut out in the living room. And so like nobody, you know, <laughs> nobody that I had the offer. No one really knew like what, you know, what was going on. So I kind of walked into the other room and was like, you know, once I said yes, you know, it wasn't like they came back and was like, All right, if you like look up at the TV, it was like, you know, I just it was, was a little bit before. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. It is you know, it's what it is. And then, you know, you, you see the pick coming up and, you know, um, and then, um, you know, it happened. And I, I just remember hugging the first person I saw and it was, uh, there, there were definitely tears, uh, you know, definitely a moment that I've, that I've waited for, for, for so long. And, um, it's, it's crazy. It feels so long ago now, but um, yeah, that's 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 good. so. Ryan Ryan Berger also got drafted by the Padres. Who's that? Ryan Berger. Oh, Ryan Berger. Sorry, I, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that's uh, that's my guy. We um, we had a good time together at West Virginia, and then you know um, both of us were in Fort Wayne basically the whole year, and um, so it's definitely cool having somebody that you're more familiar with than everybody. You know, just you know to fall back on if any you know it's 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 definitely like a nice to have somebody there you know right right was For he sure. your roommate at in fort wayne um we weren't roommates in fort wayne he was my roommate the first time we went to spring or um, arizona he was my roommate in um i think we were roommates once or twice but um yeah we were we were always around each other though <laughs> So between the draft, so after the draft, you made your pro debut in the ACL just barely a month later. What happens in between that? Packing, getting your car together, driving cross country. What what's all that chaos like? Yeah, it's crazy because like I mean that that year or it was a it was a weird time because that was the first time we had the draft in July, and so yeah. there was like that month gap from the end of school season. So you didn't really know if you should like man, like I've been thrown for a while. Should I shut down? Like, I don't really have like a lot of stuff. So, you know, there was, there was that. And then, um, so kind of trying to figure out, you know, where you should be was kind of like, as far as like pitching development was, was probably the big thing in that time period. But, um, I think, you know, staying ready once I was, you know, I was in game shape as soon as they drafted me. So, um, there wasn't really, I was, I was eager to go. So I was, you know, wherever, you know, Send me on a bus and I'll hop off and I'll, I'll throw some baseballs. Whatever. Did you, you got. drive out to Arizona or did you fly out? No, I uh, I flew out. I actually I drove out to California from Ohio though. I, that was oh. that was. Where'd you stop? Did you stop anywhere on the way? Did you check anything out? Oh yeah, I um. So like I said, I did um, Huntington Beach last year. So I actually I drove both years because um, after I got drafted, I, I bought a I bought a car and so I, I wanted to have that um, out with me. So, um, um, I stopped in Kansas city or St. Louis last year and St. Louis, Denver, Vegas last year. That was pretty fun. We went to a St. Louis blues game the first night and then nice. laid low in Denver the second night. And then, um, yeah, we, we hit a couple, couple of casinos in, in Vegas the third night. It was, uh, it was a fun time. What are your thoughts on gambling? You're like, I just gave away a hundred bucks, man. Like a three minutes. I- yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I definitely got mixed feelings. Um, I look at it, I, you got to be smart. Like you really, have, like you have to, at the bottom line, like you have to know money you're willing to lose. Yeah. 
and try not to lose it, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, and for me, like you kind of, I, I don't, I don't go into the casino unless I'm, I really haven't, haven't had a you know big time with the guys, but um, right. I don't go out, you know, and go spend more than like 200 bucks. Like that's, you know, for me, like, and then sports betting is, is a different thing. It's like, for me, I don't, I don't really place more than like, you know, five, $10 bets on like these NFL football games. It's, it's cool to like, you know, like <laughs> pick, pick a certain guy and it's like going right. down and lottery ticket, but you know, instead of picking your numbers, you're picking Mike Evans to score a touchdown. And it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's more fun though. Not like three game parlays or. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, Hey, you, you studied criminology in, in, uh, in college. What did you want to do with that? Did you want to be uh, a cop or do you want to go into law enforcement or law enforcement or a lawyer? What did you want to do with criminology? Yeah. I, I mean, I, so I grew up watching all those crime shows and everything. And I, I was just always, uh, I was always into the investigative side of everything and just really figuring it out and putting the pieces together. And so um, I wanted to be honestly a detective more than anything. Um, and then um, obviously baseball became more of a priority after that, but that was the goal, you know, to fall back on was like maybe being a, te- being a detective. Um, um, yeah. I was always infatuated with like the detective hey, work. Do you listen to any crime podcasts? Uh, no, I actually don't. I, really? I don't, uh-uh. Dude, you gotta how, watch. How, how about forensic files on TV? My wife and I are addicted to that. Yeah, we so I I'm I'm in love with all the all the crime shows. I, I, I haven't dipped my feet into the podcast scene yet, though. Oh, dude! Afterwards, we'll talk about it. And I'll give you a bunch of recommendations. They're really good. Too. It's real fun because they they go, well. go through it. Um, so so you make it through last year. You go into this first full off season. Um, you know what was the difference between you know obviously your first full off season getting ready for this last season. Yeah, it was um, it was a learning experience for sure because I mean you know that's the first time you have really an extended period of time like you know in in, in college you really had just Christmas break and and whatnot but you have multiple months to uh, on your own to figure it out do, what you do. so um, that's where kind of knowing yourself and knowing your body really comes into play and I think that's one of my biggest strengths and so. Um, as far as last year goes, I, I rested for as long as I could just because I had oh, I had over a hundred innings last year, yeah. and then came to like all right, you know, it's time to you know start throwing, and and I I kind of built up my progression um, during like uh, mid December, and so that's um, from the throwing side of things, I I felt great all year, and that I think feel like um, as long as the pro season is to be able to make every single one of your starts, you know, you got to be doing right as far as taking care of yourself, and so. Um, on that side of things, um, I'm really not doing too much different. I just started throwing, um, a couple weeks ago, um, took basically from the, um, the last game San Antonio had up until, um, um, a few weeks ago to, uh, rest the and, and do what I got to do. And basically just focus that time on lifting. Um, but the only real thing that I thought, you know, I could take away and, um, kind of improve on last off season was um, I wanted to make sure, you know, every single day I was checking that box, but there was no, there was, I didn't really have like a direction. I didn't really have like a, um, like a, a, a purpose for every single thing I did. I kind of just went and I was like, yeah, I lifted today instead of like, you know, so this year I really made it a point to like, okay, what are you going to accomplish when you lift? like, what do you, you know, how is this going to, you know, help make you better in a few months? And so, 
um, I feel like taking that mentality and adding it on to what I did last year was is going to you know, only take me to the next step this year. All right, so you made so your first year in, in pro ball, you made two starts in the desert, and then you got assigned to Lake Elsinore. Uh, were you assigned uh, surprised that you got your first assignment that quickly? I was. Um, I wasn't necessarily surprised just because some of the other draft guys were were sent out in like the the weeks prior, um, and that was kind of it wasn't um, it it was um, it was that was always kind of the plan was to get some of those college guys that um, that they drafted out early and so I kind of I knew but I was um I was very excited to be able to go and play affiliate ball and um it was um it was a cool little like two three week experience and it was it was yeah it was fun well I tell you it's neat for us being Padres fans and being you know an hour hour and a half away from Lake Elsinore uh to have the draft and then a month month and a half later be able to drive up the up the 15 and see you guys so yeah. I was so I got to see you once or twice last year, and I'm like writing notes. Okay, J- Jackson Wolf, keep an eye on this guy. Uh, yeah, it's it's neat to have that like instant gratification for from a fan standpoint. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's cool. Okay, so who you did get... you room with in uh, right. in Fort Wayne? Fort Wayne, I was with Gasser and um, Villar for most of the year. Gasser, Villar, and Twaits. We were four of us. Um, that was a, that was a fun little group. Me and me and Gasser were real close. Um, we, we were going golfing most mornings and then heading to the field right after. And um, he, we were actually out golfing when he got drafted or not drafted. Sorry, when he got traded. Oh wow! Um, we were literally literally on the golf course. But um, yeah. So how did he find out? Did he find out like did his agent text him or something, or did he just all of a sudden a Twitter notification popped up? Honestly, it was the craziest, it's the craziest thing. We're, we're teeing off on 17 and um, we get up to the green and um, we're actually playing um, with um, Brian Esposito and um, Dave Bryan, our trainer. And um, so it's me, Gasser, Espo and Dave. And so um, Dave walks up with his phone and says, oh, Padres acquired Josh Hader. I was like, oh, that's, that's sweet. Nice. You know, we putt, chip our balls, get back to the cart. And, you know, Gasser gets a phone call from his buddy who saw it on Twitter. And uh, he was like, yeah, like, great person to be in the trade, man. He was like, wait, what? What? Oh, dude, that is yeah. epic. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's just, what a great story. You're golfing. You're like, I got traded. It was your shit. Yeah. And then you got to go, you got to go. Literally, we were on 17. We had to play 18 while he, you know, had just gotten that news. Like, craziest thing. Oh, I'm sure his head was swirling. Well, and oh yeah, his, his drive went straight right on the. <laughs> well, and that's got you know interesting. Let's talk a little bit about that. How I mean, was he excited? I mean, you get traded for Josh Hader. It's like okay, I didn't, I wasn't a player to be named later. You know, it was a serious. You know, you're a serious piece of that trade. Yeah, he. You know, it's definitely it all happened so fast, and it's really like it's you know you don't really know how to react in the moment it's like it's awesome but like you know i've made you know some i just like i pick up and leave like all those relationships that i've made all these you know i got all my stuff here and now i gotta worry about you know you know moving and it's all those you know tangibles 
go through your mind at one time. And it's like, it's hard to kind of just like have one full emotion. I'm sure for him, it was like a, an absolute jumble in his head, but um, he was definitely excited. I'll tell you that much. He, you know, to be able to, you know, like you said, you know, it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't like a player to be named later. Like he was, you know, headlining in that trade, and, you know, and um, since he's been with them, they sent him right to double A and then he made, made it right to triple A. Yeah. And so, he, you know, you got to believe he'll start in, in big league spring training. And I'm, I'm, you know, I think he's, uh, I think he's doing all right. Okay, God damn it! He's gonna come and throw like three no hit innings in a pivotal game against the Padres. Hey, he's, he's legit. <laughs> I, I mean, it was cool, you know, both being lefties and getting drafted at first. You know, you have that feeling of like, oh, like the Padres. You know, they draft two lefties at one time. Like, you know, are we both like, you know? But we instantly like became friends and you know wanted to be successful together. And it was it was um, a really it was it was a cool friendship me and him had. Well, and you're gonna find that throughout your career like it's a small community it is a tiny community of professional baseball and you're going to run into guys that you played against you run into guys that you played with obviously um it just you're going to find that that's it's a very small tight-knit community so you yeah. played your one of your first games in, in fort wayne was up in dayton did you have a nice contingent of family come out yeah that so it was um that was like our very first weekend and so um there was a there was definitely a lot of people there. It was extremely cold. There was like, there was snow on the field for the first game. Um, yeah, it was, but, but no, yeah, there, I had a lot of family come out and then, um, but like I said, that was the first week of the season and, uh, you know, or yeah. And then, you know, weeks go by and then, you know, you have some more friends hit you up and you're like, Hey, like, you know, you played in Dayton. <laughs> So, but, you know, Lake County's right there and Fort Wayne's not too far. So, you know, some of the people that, you know, that I'm close with were able to, were able to come see me. So that was definitely cool being able to play in the area. Nice. All right. So tell us, tell us what, what are the pitches that you throw? What's your repertoire like? Yeah, it's, um, so I throw a four seam fastball. Um, I've played with the two seam before. Um, I get a lot of movement on my four seam and it's very similar to the two seam. So if I can throw the four seam harder with the same movement, why not throw that? Um, um, I have a change up. I played around with the grip this year with uh, Rob Marcello. Um, it's, it's a funky looking grip, but it, it works and it's, it, yeah, it's so you're, you're I, gripping I, it like in your pinky and your ring finger. Yeah. It's like, it's between, it's between it's the here. Vulcan grip. Yeah, it's yeah, but it's, Vulcan it's is between the right, ring well, finger I'm... and the middle finger. He's another <laughs> finger over, and look how far apart he was able to spread his hand just while. Now we only record the audio here, so nobody's right. going <laughs> to see that. But that's some mobility right there, and that's purely from putting a baseball between that and over time, you know. Oh, that's 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 funny. <laughs> Your so, how'd you wind up with the ball all the way out there? Like, and then what changes about what the ball does? Yeah, I mean, so. Changeups are weird. Um, some guys naturally, it just they don't really have to do much to take um, take speed off of it. And so, I was um, throwing my changeup a little bit too hard, a little bit too close to my fastball speed, and um, I was trying to figure out how to get it more of a changeup. And um, it had great movement, but um, just needed you know, I needed more um, more speed differential. And so um, I messed around with. Um, different grips and um rob marcella actually actually um recommended that one and um it I, i'll tell you what as soon as i put it in my hand it felt like i was you know 
it was going to come out of my hands before I could throw it. Um, but you know, after, after a few times throwing it, you, you figure out the release point. It's, um, I figured out that it, you know, goes slower and it has even way more movement. And so I've stuck with that since. So I understand that it moves, it moves arm side pretty, pretty good. Yeah. And that you can kind of pair that with your slider as a, you know, one goes left, one goes right kind of thing. Right. Right. And my slider is even weirder. I, you know, I had, um, I messed around with that pitch this year too with, with, uh, um, Rob Marcello and we, um, I'm throwing like a three finger slider and it's like, I have my pressure on like my ring finger and it's funky. It's like the Boy Scout salute. So you get up to double A uh, for a quiet, you know, for a quick cup of coffee in double A and how much of a difference do you see for the hitters in high A going into double A? Yeah. I, so Great question. Cause I think, you know, as soon as I got there, it was like, that was, I was expecting a difference and like, you know, you don't, there's really not too much of a difference in like level of play. It's more so of a consistency thing in like how fast and how clean the game moves. Like there's a lot of, you know, there's, you know, there's obviously there's more, you know, mistakes happen and lower levels and right. the kind of moves differently. And in double A, I thought that was you know, my biggest takeaway was that it was, you know, it, you know, it was moving pretty quick and, you know, game, game fed up on me a couple of times and it was, you know, you kind of have to sit back, take a breath and realize that the same game that I was playing last week, so, you know, it's what just, you, what are your yeah. thoughts on Welly? He <laughs> was an interesting guy. I loved him. He was, um, he was, he's a player's coach. He was, um, he was fun to be around. Um, he, he, he doesn't care. He's going to do him. And I, I love that. I think that's how you should be. It's, you know, I really think that's what you need in double A is a guy who's not going to fool around. He's going to tell you the truth. He'll tell you how to succeed, what you need to do, but he won't sugarcoat it. And Oh, absolutely. He, he did not deep draws his just like, like love that guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I got stolen on a couple of times and that was like, you know, he made it very clear that when I came back this year, I'm going to have a better pickoff move. I'm going to hold the run game better. And <laughs> so, so best believe I've been working on that. And you also have Sambo out there. Yeah. 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 We're he's talking, a great. Pick. Yeah. We talked yeah. to him uh, when he was in Lake Elsinore. Oh, okay. So I understand that you're always paying attention to like the, the swings and misses and trying to, to get a little bit of a read on hitters. Um, did you find that there was much difference in the, the information that was available to you as far as scouting reports or anything like that as you've moved to the different levels? Um, yes and no. So it's kind of like a lot of that stuff is on you and it's like um, personal preference. And so there's, you know, there's definitely guys that'll, that live and buy, live and die by sitting at the laptop and figuring out what pitch that guy can't hit. Um, for me, I'm, I'm, I live and die by feel. So my, my number one thing is when I'm on the mound, I'm, I'm very good at feeling what a hitter, you know, can and can't hit in the moment. You know, I feel like that's a big thing that stats can't look at is at what's going on in the moment. Like you can't, you know, not going to be able to prepare for, you know, a guy who's like, Oh, he looks kind of like off balance on that, you know, on this pitch, but I just set him up with a different pitch pitch before. And that kind of opens the door for this. And so that's more so what kind of what goes on in my mind and rather than like immediately, Oh, he can't hit the slider. Let's go to it. But right. sometimes, sometimes it's great, you know, a great out pitch. But for me, I rely more so on the feel and just um, what I feel like that hitter is not really seeing the greatest. 
So you had a few pretty good defensive catchers there in Fort Wayne in Brandon Valenzuela, uh, Anthony Villar that you said you roomed with and Adam, Adam Kerner. It sounds like you're kind of adjusting things on the fly. Um, it's got to be tricky to get on the same page with a catcher when you're trying to make observations and adjust in the middle of an at bat like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, me and Villar had a great, had a great dynamic this year. We kind of, whenever me and him were paired up, it was like things were moving very clean. He knew exactly, you know, it was like, I never really had to shake that much. It was like, he knew what I wanted and it, you know, everything flowed and it was, um, um, you know, great. It, it was, I really liked uh, throwing to him and his um, Valenzuela was great as well. Um, he th- threw multiple people out stealing this year, great arm behind the plate. And, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's definitely, it's definitely um, something you got to learn is, is feeling out catchers. Cause that is real, you know, like, especially if, if the catcher has a big part in calling the game, yeah. Um, yeah you know, having that, camaraderie between you two is, is, is a big thing. All right. So uh, earlier this year, um, we saw on Twitter that you did a little mental health spot for, for uh, Fort Wayne. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved in that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the, um, one of the workers for, for the tin caps um, approached me one day um, about doing, you know, a mental health piece. And it was kind of um, coincidence and, um, that she approached me about it. And I, you know, I immediately jumped on it because I, you know, that's a topic that I really, you know, have, have wanted, have talked about in the past and have wanted to kind of make in, uh, more so known in the future and um, doing that and kind of talking about my personal experiences with, you know, mental health and um, going through all the ups and downs that life brings. Um, you know, I, I didn't really realize, you know, the outreach that just kind of doing that, you know, a little video would take. And, um, I, um, I got, I got a bunch of good, good, um, responses from, from people that I hadn't even heard from in a while, um, about how it, it really helped them. And, um, you know, it, it, it made me realize in the moment that, you know, any given time somebody's going through something, some, someone has, you know, an obstacle in their life that is, you know, that is, um, playing a part in the decisions you make every day. And when, you know, you go down, you know, you find yourself getting down, you know, a bad path and really, you know, the only thing in your mind is negativity and everything swings to negativity. You know, you, you, it is so hard to be successful and being an athlete and being in that spot and you have to go out on the field and perform in front of all these people, you know, it's not a, it's not a great mixture. And so, you know, being, you know, having that experience being on both opposite sides of the spectrum, um, I felt was a great opportunity to kind of share my knowledge and, and, and reach a few people. And that's, and, and that's how it works, you know, just by using, you know, your minor league picture, but being able to have that voice and, and yeah. reach the, the people that you do, it takes away the stigma. It, it lets people know, wow, man, he's, you know, he's living the dream. How could he have everyone suffers from it? Everyone and people suffer in silence when it comes to mental health. Um, that's excellent. You're also an avid fisherman. <laughs> yeah yeah i uh, i love fishing what do you what do you what do you like obviously you must be a freshwater guy yeah yeah i'm i i love me some bass fishing anytime i've drive by a little body of water i, I can't help but think about throwing a line in but uh i've i've been <laughs> deep sea fishing a couple times and I've, i really enjoyed that and my guy i got a really good buddy in uh, tampa florida that he wants to uh he wants to own his own charter business when he gets when he gets older and so um that that would be a cool little investment opportunity that I can hop on the boat in the off seasons. 
Did you do it in? Did you do deep sea in the Pacific or the Atlantic? I've been um, I've been in both Pacific and the Gulf. I don't think I've gone in the Atlantic yet. Okay. Yeah, golf, golf fishing is, is awesome. That's probably my favorite. So it, you're a scratch golfer as well, at least. <laughs> Realistically, what, what do you what do you, what do you think your handicap is? Do you do you care? <laughs> do you track that? I I got this little app that gives me a rough estimate but it doesn't really take into account like horse ratings and and all that stuff but it it it, it has me at right around eight and i feel like that's i would say that's fairly accurate um okay so you can break 80 on a good day yeah i'll i'll be anywhere in the low 80s and then um when i was playing a lot this year in fort wayne um we had uh, a deal with a course down the road and so i was getting up at like 9 a.m and going and playing 18 and then going straight to the park view the games for a lot of the days um and so i i was playing a lot um and i i, w- I was in the 70s a couple times um when i was playing all the time but um yeah i'm i i've I'm, i've yet to come close to breaking me even par but i'm, I'm a respectable golfer right. oh it takes a long time <laughs> to get from breaking 80 to to breaking par yeah. uh have you ever combined your two loves and kept one of those little pocket fishermen in your golf bag for when the the round gets a little little long Absolutely. There's, there's a course, uh, there's a course back home that I've, I, I literally, I pack my you know, expandable, you know, fishing rod because there's uh, part of the back nine has this super secluded area that like um, some holes are around, but like the opposite side of the pond, there's no, um, there's no, um, no golfers ever go like right around there. And so it's like kind of free reign for fishing. And so uh, I'll, I'll bring my fishing pole and, play play golf and then yeah finish go fish right after <laughs> nice okay so what's your schedule like between now and spring training like what do you have a date that you have marked out that you plan on reporting i'm not, i'm getting a little antsy over here i'm i'm ready to i'm ready to play some baseball so uh, i actually I actually just um talked to the padres guys today and it was like hey can i uh can i come um come to the complex in, in a couple weeks so i'm i'm gonna go to uh, Peoria here in a couple of weeks and do a uh, strength camp um, for January. And then I'll, I'll probably stay um, in the area through, through spring training. Um, um, I've, I've had enough of my rest. I'm ready to go play some baseball again. Well, I should nice. be out there for fantasy camp there in a couple of weeks. So uh, look for a bunch of old guys trying to play baseball. <laughs> I'll be out there. And I'll be out there for spring training. So I'll, yeah. uh, I'll have to look you up and holler at you when you're doing throwing a bullpen or something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, we really appreciate you taking the time here. Uh, we're going to finish it up here with a little bit of a lightning round. Um, these are questions cool. that are meant to be uh, quickly answered. So kind of what you what you think, what comes first to mind. Uh, here we go. Lightning round. Celebrity crush. Ooh. Um, I want to say Kate, Kate Upton, but like now that I'm in pro baseball, is that like, is that kind of weird for it's, Justin? She's like your older sister now, right? That's kind of... <laughs> Best soccer player among your teammates? Myself. Oh, Gosh. the man is cook. humble. Best cook. <laughs> I'd say Gasper give me a run for my money, but now that he's gone, uh... cook. Best cook. Ooh, Villar, Anthony Villar. So would he cook like enough for everybody? Is that how you guys would do? Because it's like a quad that you guys have there, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had a quad. So you uh, each have your own bedroom, and then you're sharing a, a kitchen and a and a living space kind of thing. We had, there was there were two bedrooms, so we were sharing a bedroom um, with each other. But yeah, kitchen um, kitchen space. It was it was a nice little space. It was cool. 
Most famous person you've ever met. Man, you stumped me on that one. Let's see. I mean, you play with a bunch of pro ball players. <laughs> you're Manny Machado. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, the- who did I meet? Um, I met an actor when I was when I was young, and I was really excited about it. But it obviously, doesn't mean too much to me now. It's, it's not- <laughs> most I'm, famous I'm person. Lightning round and bit quick thinking. <laughs> not a not not a strength of mine. Oh. So, who's a famous person that you would like to meet? Tom Cruise, okay. one of my actors. You want to go jump out of an airplane with him or something? Yeah, right. Or jump. Oh, absolutely, that'd be so sick. <laughs> okay, you're <laughs> stranded on a desert island with food, water, and shelter. You can have three things. What are they? I'm bringing a fishing pole. I'm bringing a soccer ball, and oh, this is a tough one. I- I'm going to bring a bed. I'm not going to make my own out of stick. That's a good answer. I'm- right. I'm gonna- really if yeah, if I got to there for an extended period of time, and I'm going to spend ten hours a day, you know. Wilson, oh, that's, that's yeah. Cool. Would okay. you paint a face on your soccer ball so you'd have a companion there with you? <laughs> uh, call it Gasser, Gasser. Okay, <laughs> Five Guys, In and Out, or Whataburger? I'm, I got to go In and Out. Yes. yes, my guy. Yes. Okay, if you could have a pet that's not a cat or a dog, what would it be? A kangaroo. Oh. <laughs> uh, they're so gonna what what is it about this. a kangaroo that 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 you would like? I, I have no clue. I've always, I whenever you know, ever you know, that's a common question when you're a kid. Is you know, you have a favorite animal, and so I, you know, I had to pick one when I was a kid, and I've stuck with it. I've loved okay. it. We've got a couple of Aussies in the system. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, Jared Dale and. Um, um, oh, who's the pitcher? Uh, oh, Riley Eatman. Yeah, Riley Eatman. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe one of these off seasons you could go play, uh, play some Aussie ball, and they could show you around. Maybe you could go meet a kangaroo. That'd be awesome. That'd okay, be final awesome. one. Who plays you in the movie of your life? Tom Cruise. Can't be Tom Cruise because you're like a foot and a half taller than him. Right? He's like, yeah, I can't say Tom Cruise. I feel like the first person that comes to mind would be Matthew McConaughey. He's a, he's a tall, dark-haired guy that's very, you know, he's a pretty laid-back type of guy. All right, all right, all right. I like it. Right on, right on, right on. Well, speaking of real quick, speaking of, you know, uh, young guys, you know, with your age, um, were there any of those young guys in spring training that you kind of maybe took under your wing and kind of, like, showed them what, you know, what, what you got? Yeah. Um, I would say um, guys guys like Riley Yeatman, you know, really young guys that just, you know, signed internationally or signed out of high school, um, you know, you guys like that, that really haven't, you, you know, you can tell right away by looking at them, their bodies, you know, aren't, you know, the same as some of the guys that, you know, are 25 and, and super jacked and, you know, they just haven't developed fully yet. So, right. um, you know, it's hard. I'm sure it's gotta be hard, you know, walking through the hallway and, you know, comparing yourself, like this is going to be a long road, like, you know, so, you know, knowing that, you know, I definitely tried to, to, you know, you know, take guys like Riley under my wing and, and, you know, go out of my way to, you know, make conversation and talk to him, make him feel like he was one of us. And, um, cause you know, that's how it should be. Everybody's there for a reason. Everyone's, you know, been, you know, everyone's very talented at baseball, but yeah. And, and honestly, the other way around, um, Thomas Eshelman, you know, did that for me, you know, he, he was an older guy and I was right across from him in the locker room during spring training. And, um, he, he made me feel so, you know, welcome, you know, knowing he was, you know, he had experience in the big leagues and like, you know, 
this guy might not want to talk to minor leaguers. I don't know, but he went out of his way all the time to, you know, talk to me and he made me feel welcome. So that was, that was cool. He was just on um, Brian O'Grady's podcast, Broken Bats podcast. Yeah, he, he's a great dude. And yeah. I got up to double A and um, he told me kind of his plans about coming into the coaching in the coaching department. Um, I, I thought that was awesome because he's, you know, you could always tell he's got that like coaching the way he talks is like, it's like a coach. Like, so right. Right. Um, he's, he's great, dude. That's gotta be a tough transition to make going from a player and then hanging up the spikes and going, it's like a bitter pill to swallow after chasing it all those years. Oh yeah. It was, it was super weird, especially, um, I, I was at the complex, um, earlier this month for a couple of days, um, checking in, um, doing some strength stuff. And he, um, that was the first time he was, you know, one of my superiors instead of one of my teammates. And so it was funny just, you know, having just that vibe of, you know, you're not talking to your teammate anymore. Yeah, you will call me sir now. Right. Yeah, <laughs> to go take a couple laps, bud. Right. You're not running polls. I we ran polls last year together. You're running polls, kid. Hey, we'll do it. We really appreciate you taking the time. It's so cool to know that you're out here on the on the West Coast. And like I said, I'll be I should be out there. Hope my work comes through. It gives me the time off to be at fantasy camp. So I'll be out there for a week in about two weeks there. Yeah, that'd be awesome. See you guys. All right. Thank you so yeah, much. I appreciate you guys having me on and everything. It's been awesome. Yeah, we didn't even get to the the howl that they were doing in, in Fort Wayne. I totally forgot to bring that up. Is that, the day is that, that you campy, got drafted, cheesy, or is it something that you've like embraced? I, I embraced it immediately. I, I didn't even realize that they did it the first time. Um, I kind of said it to one of the workers as a joke, or she said it to me, and I was like, oh, that'd be cool, that'd be funny, and I you know, thought it was – didn't really, you know, think the next time I'd be out there, I'd, I'd, I'd hear it. And then, you know, you see all like the kids getting super into it. And it was cool. We've been yeah, doing could, it. I, I do it every time we say your name. Because really, <laughs> a, a lot of families, they bring their kid out and they just want to watch a ball game. And the kids don't really get that attachment to the player. Right. But exactly. they, it's something little like that that just kind of sets that name. Oh, Jackson Wolf's pitching today. I get to howl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It's, it's, I, that's definitely a big reason as to why I play the game. It's, it's things like that. It's, it's awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. You go get dinner or whatever it is you're up to. And um, cover the surf too, because it's pounding up there, I think. Oh, yeah. Is, King, King Tides right now. On, just turned on. It's been great. Right, be careful and don't hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll be all right. Hey, have all a right. good one. All right. All right. Take, take care. Take care.